the color purple. An American story for the whole world. It's about life. It's about love. It's about us. You will always remember, Mr. Welcome to the Motion Picture Podcast and the first episode of 2024. Um, Very exciting. I mean, um, obviously we have some new little bit of intro music that is, you know, actually ours, not something I um, got from YouTube, which is basically what I've been using for, you know, every other episode. Um, and, uh, if you did not see on Instagram, we have a new little logo, um, that I am very happy about, and so we are starting off 2024 with a lot of, uh, new things that I'm very excited about, and, um, I mean, speaking of new, this is the first time we will be discussing two movies at one time. Oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, one that we both watched. Yeah, obviously. But uh, if you could not tell from the trailer, um, which was just, you know, really just talking, uh, we will be discussing the uh, the Color Purple, both the 1985 Steven Spielberg movie and the 2023 musical that just released not too long ago. Um, and we will be just discussing them, kind of comparing and contrasting them, see what one did better than the other, or... If they both worked. Um, so I'm just going to start this off. Just kind of. Very basic question. Out of the two. Which do you prefer? We're just going to. Honestly. I think I prefer the newer one. But I also very much enjoy musical theater. But I also enjoyed the pacing better. Uh, I feel some choices made more sense. Yeah. But I liked I liked the musical better. But they're both fantastic. Um, I, I definitely agree. I, I enjoyed the the new one a lot more. It, it's interesting because the new one, obviously, musical, is filled to the brim with a lot of big music numbers. Um, and somehow it's, like, 15 minutes shorter than the original. And, like, I, and as I was watching the, the, the 1985 version, I, like, couldn't pick out where it, the movie had been extended... Because there were a lot of scenes in the newer one where stuff that happened in the old one is kind of fleshed out more. Um, specifically the stuff with Mr. near the end. Well, much of the last act is 
Oh, like there's more. Oh yeah, of there's it. a lot more. I, I I and also it felt like it was longer in like the first act. Like I felt like we got more of um Celia and her sister as kids in the musical than we did in the original. It is strange, but it's also shorter. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that worked. Um in terms of performances, because this movie the both of these um, lean very heavily into, like, the characters and, like, who plays them. How do you think they kind of go head-to-head in terms of, like, what, what movie do you think had did a better job with the performances? Performances? I feel like the characters in the musical did a lot better than the characters in the original, but I feel like the original Mr. is just so much more not as scary and i don't know why but he just never yeah. seemed as scary to me um the newer mister he has played um fantastically by coleman domingo um recently a golden globes nominee um for his role in rustin he is a an amazing actor i think i think he got his start with euphoria i think that is his like kind of breakout performance really? yeah i i have not seen the show so euphoria. i don't i don't know how much he's in that but um he's been a bunch of uh newer movies he played like i think like the big villain in the new transformers um he was in the <clears throat> 2021 Candyman sequel um he is in the next ethan cohen movie that i'm very excited about like he is one that i'm always excited for when i see him because he's a very talented actor um agreed and in the old one it was played by danny glover who is a very very well-known actor um, I mean, I could go all day listing the movies he's been in, I think. I mean, he's in the Lethal Weapon movies, and, I mean, just, he's a very prominent actor. Um, I mean, on Letterboxd, I, I know, like, when it says, like, movies and how many they've been in, it's, like, also includes, like, specials and short films, but it has 201 for Danny Glover, and that's, I, I mean, so he's been around. Well... Um, the only actor, um, yeah. I was gonna also say the lady who played Sophia in the newer one. Yeah. I feel like she really embodied her character. Like, the yeah. original girl, I think she just kind of... You mean Oprah? ...portrayed her, but it didn't feel like she was as big. Like, she has a big personality, like, yeah. really big. And it didn't really feel like she had that big personality. It kind of felt like it was fake. You you know who played uh, Sophia in the original, right? No. no. That was Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, I feel really dumb for saying that, but really? <laughs> yeah. She was an actress, I guess. I, I mean, uh, obviously everyone knows her for, like, her show. Um, but, yeah. The only performance... I don't know. I just... Sorry. No, you're good. I was, I was going to say, the, the only performance I think I prefer from the older one is Whoopi Goldberg as Seeley. Like, the main character. Oh. Like, I, I, think, I think Fantasia in the newer one gets more chances to be, like, out there because of the musical numbers, especially near the end. Um, but we will talk about that later. I, I think I just prefer Whoopi Goldberg's character. I think I'm going to check... I know this movie... I know she didn't win the Oscar for Best Actress. But I'm gonna mm-hmm. check... 
to see if it was at least... Okay, she was nominated. Um, and then both... Okay, well, um, honestly, between the two, I think both of them did really good. Like, neither one of them I liked yeah. better. I just think it took a really great casting call for both of them to be playing the character. I, again, I, I absolutely agree. I think everyone in the original does a great job. I just prefer most people from this one. The only two kind of performances where I think one is a drastic improvement is the character of Suge Avery. Um, yeah, me too. Because in, in the newer one, she is played by Taraji P. Henson, and, you know, in both of these movies, she's given this big build-up as this, like, big star. Like, you know, like, the town stops when she arrives. And in the older one, you don't really get that feeling from her. You don't really see the town, either. You yeah. barely see the town. And in this one, like, she really gets, in the newer one, she gets, like, fully fleshed out in a, just a fantastic performance. Um, on... She also doesn't call, uh, Seely ugly in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was kind of, it's funny, uh, there was, um, I on Instagram did these, uh, little nominations for, like, my favorite performances of the year. And I gave both uh, Taraji P. Henson and Daniel Brooks supporting little little nominations because of this movie. And I had this, like, short, like, three-second clip of Taraji P. Henson. Um, and I was like, ah, it's, like, not a lot at all. And I felt bad because I was like, ah, she was so good and it's, like, nothing, but that's all I got online. And I looked up, like, clips and interviews and that's, like, the best I could find. And then, like, a few days later, like, I think, like, a day or two after I, like, sent it on Instagram... They posted the full clip of her, like, big song number at, like, <laughs> and I was mad because, like, that was, like, part that I took my little clip out of, um, I, it's surprising because, like, after the Oscars happened, uh, last year, the, uh, 2020, I mean, two Oscars, it's weird because, you know, if you say the year of, like, the Oscars, you're usually talking about the movies from the year before, so, like, this year's the 2024 Oscars, but it's talking about 2023 movies. It's I always kind of confusing talking about it. But after last time's Oscars were done, I made, like, very quick, um, what what's it called? Predictions for how, like, the ten nominees for this upcoming Oscars. And I have, I can say, I think, at the moment, I've gotten a few right. Obviously, the, the Oscars aren't, the nominations aren't for another two weeks. Um, but I, like, I think I'm pretty safe in, like, Oppenheimer and Kills of the Flower Moon. Um, but I had Color Purple on that 10. And I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's a, sh- a shoe in But this movie's not getting a lot of awards buzz. Um, like, shockingly. It was left out of the, um, Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy. Which was, try it didn't get a best original song nomination, so like uh, there's a there's just a part of me in the back of my mind I don't know if this is gonna do well at the Oscars and I was like so confident about it like this time last year, um and it is a shame I really enjoyed this movie and it I did too it played very well at our theater um, it did we heard so many people yelling and hollering and clapping. Oh, I loved it. People really dug the movie. Um, okay, so I do. I do want to take a pause. 
um, in, in this discussion, because I do want to talk about one thing, um, completely unrelated to the color purple, but, um, I, I mentioned Golden Globes a second ago, and that is just jog my memory, because the, the Golden Globes, oh, cool. the Golden Globes, uh, happened a few days ago, I watched them, they were interesting, um, but... Uh, the big, the one of the bigger talking points from the show. Uh, I'm trying to uh, beat around the bush, but I'm gonna. You are a fan of the comedian Joe Coy. Right? I am. I really um, I am. And he was put on to uh, host the Golden Globes. And yeah. um. I say this in not a, in any bit of making fun or not in any bit of, but I don't get offended. Really. Okay, cool. I don't um, <laughs> he did probably the worst job ever. Oh, I know. I watched some videos on it already. I even called my dad and talked to him about it. I like. I was like. I was like. Oh, that's that's the person Audrey likes. That's cool. And then he got on and just no, no, it's not. bombed on stage. Um. Yeah. I texted Well, because the thing is, what he's good at is talking about Filipino culture. That's where yeah. he gets his jokes. In. A lot of it is personal experience. Yeah. Whenever you get up for the Golden Globe, he has, like, no idea what he's doing. He's like, uh, uh, joke, haha, funny, uh-huh. He's like, he uh, looks so uh, uncomfortable Oppenheimer, three hours long. How about that? that that's crazy. Um, it yeah. was just... It, it was just... I, fe- it, I think it's procrastination at its finest. He, uh, they, uh, couldn't get a host... And then I think he agreed like ten days before the Globes. Yeah, or but he just didn't write any jokes for it, and was just like, "Oh, he did." I, I mean, the he, <laughs> he wrote a few, but some of them were written by like other writers who he then like trashed in his monologue. He's like, "Oh, don't nice. blame me, the, the writers. Uh, you're laughing at the jokes I wrote." Ha <laughs> ha. Just Lord, he he's gonna need to do something special to get his career No, back. I don't think he needs to do anything. He needs to go silent for a little bit. And then come back. And come back slowly. Because, mm, the, the entire terrible. It was just sad. The entire Globes were just kind of a mess. Everything but, like, the awards winners were just kind of a mess. Um, I mean, if you watch his com- comedy specials, they're really funny. Well, actually, it won't be if you watch them because you don't really know anything about Filipino yeah. culture. But it'll still be funny. Like, it's not like he's not funny. It's just, uh, that just this wasn't, was not... He wasn't the right choice. No. Um, okay, so going back, I just I just had to talk about it. Um, the, color, color, the color purple. So, the original, one of the big things that is held over the original's head is its director. Um, really? It is directed by, I would say, the most famous director of all time. And I and I, I I know I use a lot of hyperbole when talking about movies, but I do believe yeah. that this is <laughs> the most well known director, and that like everyone past like fourth or fifth grade has seen or heard of one of his movies. Um, and that's Steven Spielberg. Um, I think I've heard of his name before. Yeah, I mean he's directed that's movies. Big. He directed movies like Jaws. Jurassic Park, Saving Private Ryan, Indiana Jones, E.T., Schindler's List. Um, I've seen a lot of those, actually. I mean, just, he is, I would say, one of the most acclaimed. He's also a white guy. 
And that is where that the like it's weird. And I I've I've unfortunately not not done the proper research to find out why he was given this, but it's just weird that out of all the people that it could the script could have been given to like Spielberg of all people. Um I mean, I think he does a good job um, with, like, directing, but it just kind of, like, there there was no one else they could have gotten to to make this movie. <laughs> like, no one out there kind of raised their hands. It's also interesting because the book it is based off of, I believe, is just, like, a collection of letters. Um, oh, back and forth between Celia and Nettie, and so he had to create, make those letters into a film. Um, so it was not very well received when this movie came out, and I would say it's definitely—I wouldn't say it's his most forgettable film. Um, I have started a little thing I'm gonna do where I watch all of his movies, um, and I will definitely say, uh. The mo- the first two movies I I have seen not bad but definitely not ones that everyone's gonna know of. Have you have you heard of the movie Duel, where a guy is uh, chased by a um giant uh tanker truck across the Californian desert? What it what that was his first movie a giant a giant like tanker truck just chases a man through California for an hour and a half because he because the guy passed him on in the road that was his first movie it, yeah and it was great actually I, I really liked it um is it a horror movie I I guess but it's not scary you know like I'm not scared that one giant tanker truck's gonna chase me down the road. Um, I mean, I guess it would be a horror. I'm more of a thriller, I guess. It's not, you know, outright scary, but it was good. Um, and I definitely wouldn't say, I would definitely say that's less known than The Color Purple, considering, I mean, it got a whole musical based off of, um, how, how familiar were, were you with the musical before watching this new movie? I wasn't. I was okay. told to watch it by someone, and I never did. I've I've only recently got into um musicals like a few months ago. Um and even then I didn't even I think I'd maybe heard of the color purple, but it wasn't ever anything I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna watch the color purple, it's gonna be great. I, I wasn't gonna you know, bat an eye. But, you know, now I'm I'm back into I mean I haven't I've only seen one musical live. I'm seeing one in May. I'm excited about seeing Hades Town in May. I'm very, it's going to be great. But, like, when I watched the movie, I wasn't familiar with any of the songs. I wasn't either. Um, <laughs> Not goodbye. And that may be the weakest point, and, I, and it's not just with this movie, but and it's a little issue I want to talk about. Most modern musicals nowadays... Besides maybe animated ones, and then one I will I would like to talk about. I'll, I'll mention here, but then I would like to do a full-fledged episode in the future. 
most like modern live action musicals aren't that like well running afterwards like in the moment um it's like oh these were nice songs but like i never found myself like listening or thinking about any of these songs afterwards um like in my free time i was like oh, i'm going to put on the color purple soundtrack it just didn't happen um and i feel like that's just the case for a lot of the musicals coming out in like the 2010s 2020s um and that that may be just because of taste um and maybe there's like a a musical out there where someone's like oh no that one that one's fantastic the on- the only one that i would say in like the past 5 10 years that really worked for me was tick tick boom the movie about jonathan larson with andrew garfield on netflix mm-hmm. um which i i mean i loved but like all the other musical like I mean, I like The Greatest Showman a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I, I watch, like, musicals, and in the moment, I think they're... Musicals, I think, are some of... And it's weird to say it about a, a story that is very dark. Um, but musicals oh, are... most definitely. Musicals are up there with animated films, even though animated films can also get dark. As some of the easier movies to get through... Um, because there is most likely going to be big showy moments that will always make sure you like your attention's there. Um, because that that's what helped. Because gonna be honest, I wasn't always the most like awake and in tune with the original Color Purple. Um, it is a very slow drama. And with the musical, it was like, oh, I was there. Like, I was, could not look away from it. Um, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I there was just, I mean, there were really good musical numbers. Um, there's one by Daniel Brooks, um, which is, again, I will not say the name of, just because of the podcast we were on, um, which is directed towards her husband that I thought was really good. Um, there is one, um, sung by Traji P. Henson, which is in a, like, what, a swamp club? I mean, what would you call it? Like a little uh, it's like a... Bar? It, it, it's more of like a club. Yeah. There, there's one she sings there that was great. Um, there's one, there's, okay, I, I said I would bring it up and I would like to bring it up. The song Fantasia Bavrino sings outside of her pants shop or clothes shop. That was fantastic. I love that. That is the first song she sang completely on her own. Um, and that, like, for, like, a second, and then they, like, started clapping. But that made the audience just, like, you could kind of feel just this wave of, like... Yes, the way they intertwined the music with her character made me so happy. Because the only time she would sing is whenever she was with... Other people. Or with, uh, Avery. Yeah. And it was always kind of more in the background. Um, Exactly. She was never, like, fully herself. And then she finally got to be herself and be fully who she is without feeling any remorse or regret. And I loved it. I loved seeing that. One one thing 
for sure, I think, is handled a little bit better in the original. Is some stuff that happens with um, Sophia near the middle. Um, because in, bo- in both of these, she is uh, greeted by a white couple. Um, older, more wealthier couple. And she is asked <laughs> to, uh, if she wants to work on their, I guess, estate or their house... And she, you know, turns him down, and because of... No, she wants to be a to be a maid. She wants her to be a maid. maid. And she turns him down in a uh, rather crass way, or crass to them. And she is locked in jail for how many? Was it eight years? Eight. It was eight. Eight years. And what I think the original handles better is her, like, post. Because... It felt like she, in the, the musical, she gets out of jail, there's, like, one scene, and then after, like, a dinner scene, which I also would like to discuss, or lunch scene, uh, she's kind of back to normal. But with the original, like, there was a lot of, there's a good bit of attention paid to the kind of, like, how much it wears her down, um, both the maidship and the, um time spent in jail Mm -hmm. i would like to disagree with you because i think the uh, newer movie did a better job with sophia i liked it better because it showed her and celie's relationship a lot more yeah because she uh while it was confusing in the original because the last time they interact is whenever celie tells uh sophia to um pow pow her husband yeah and that's that's where it leaves off. You never see anything after that, and so we're left with the uh, why are they why is she thankful for for uh, Seely if she just that was the last time they interacted? But I like how they yeah. mended the relationship in the musical. That makes sense, and I really enjoyed that a lot. Um. Okay, yeah, I want to talk about the ta- the lunch table lunch or dinner. I, I can't remember what meal was scene. Um, which is the highlight of both films. Best scene in both films, in my opinion. It really is. Um, it is basically where, um, uh, Seeley finally stands up to Mr. Um, it is played a little bit more comedically in the musical. Or more, it's more crowd-pleasy. More like, fist pump in the air, like, yeah! Um... And it's played in the original very more dramatic and, like... Well, I mean, she threatens to kill him in the, um, old one, in this one. It's weird. Okay, so, this movie, very, very down-to-earth. Very, you know, very realistic. Um, you know, even in the new one, aside from the musical numbers. But... Seely basically puts a curse on Mister. Like, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna be cursed because of what you did," and then he actually anything. is. Yeah, it's like anything you think about will fail until you do me right. Yeah, until you do me right, anything you think of will fail. I want to yeah. try that and see if that works. Um, but one thing I do want to mention is that uh, Whoopi Goldberg who uh played Seely in the original, uh, made did made a uh make a very short cameo in the musical as the midwife, um, near the beginning. Oh Yeah. Oh I love that. 
Um, so I watched this movie um, as a part of my second All Day at the Movies experience. I had been caught up with like just winter stuff, you know, Christmas and New Year's. Didn't do a an episode on that, um, like we did for the other one. Plus, even though I love this movie, I love the movie I saw after it, Ferrari. Um, I just didn't feel like I had much to talk about after it was done. Um, like I really didn't think I could talk extensively about migration in Aquaman two. Um. <laughs> I still can't. Um, but I will say, out of the two times I've done that, if we're not counting rewatches, because then the holdovers would take this cake, if we're just counting first watches I've done in all day of the movies, this is my favorite. The musical is absolutely the best movie I've seen through these. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was so good. A fantastic, like I already said, fantastic theater experience. Like, it is always, like, really boring when, um, like, I go to a theater and it's just dead quiet. Like, I, I get it. It's out of, like, respect. And, like, you're not, like, it's bad to talk during movies. But, like, man. Um, it's just, like. But reactions are different. Yeah. Like, um, if you're like, oh, or. Yeah, that's different than. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I uh. You heard Kaylin today? Oh my lord, Sarah. I I uh posted on Instagram yesterday. I went to a uh, movie last night, and it was a mystery movie. So like people going in, do not know what what is was. I I had done some research, and it was one I I, like people had predicted it was one that I wanted to see, and it was a very, also like with color purple, very heavy. It was about um, racism and oppression and grief. It was just a very, very heavy movie. And that didn't sit well for some of the uh, theater goers. uh, Because people left just like in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Just left. Why? I, I guess they didn't like, like, they weren't comfortable. Like, they just like... Oh, uh, guess what? I mean... Do you know where we live? That's true. But, like, they left. And then, like, 15 minutes later, a woman comes in and sits with a guy in front of me. Because I guess she had, like, work... I think she had, like, work or something and was, like, late to get there. And then her and her husband just started having a conversation. And then, like, four rows down, some dude in the one of the rows was... Every time they, you could hear him start talking, shh, just in like just very loudly, and it took him a long time to get the point. That is that is the example of a very bad theater experience. Oh, um, that's awful. And I like, would cry. Most of my the best theater experiences have been ones where it's very audience participation. Um, whether it be, that's why I also like seeing movies with other people, because, you know, that's why I think something like Megan worked in theaters as well as it did. Um, but like some of the best theater experiences, like, I mean, I will say the biggest one was Glass Onion. Um, when that got a, uh, one week movie release a month before it came out on Netflix, 
It was playing in a theater near my grandparents, and me, my dad, my grandpa, and my brother went to go see it. And it was, like, packed. Um, because, um, that morning, my brother was then, like, we, we didn't think my brother was gonna go with us. And then he basically got, um, he's like, alright, I'm gonna go. And then we had to buy a ticket for him. And the seat that we got for him was, like, four rows to the theater. Um, like, to the screen. Like, four, like, the fourth row from the screen. Oh my goodness. Um, mind you, when I bought the tickets, like, the three other tickets for me, my dad, and my grandpa, like, three weeks before, um, we had gotten one, which was the second row from the back. Because every other row in front of us, up till that fourth row from the screen, was completely taken. Jesus, that's um, terrible. So my dad, my grandpa, and my brother ended up sitting up there, and I was just, I was up close to the screen. And being in a crowd that loud, audience etiquette and that kind of idea is thrown out the window. And everyone's just losing their minds at everything. Um, the only other recent example I have for something like that, besides The Color Purple, was the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Um, yes! Oh my gosh, the amount of screaming and hollering during the cameos. It was it was, oh, it was so fantastic, and I do not know if I would have enjoyed the this this musical adaptation if it wasn't you know for having a friend there or having strangers in there just being like clapping along and like literally standing up and clapping like it has been so long. Since I have seen a movie end and it get a round of applause. It was so good, though. Because I like how it, like, was made into a musical, but it never steered away from the actual story. Yeah. Um, they didn't try to make it new. They didn't try to modernize it. I would have literally right, thank lost goodness my marbles. They didn't modernize, modernize it. it would have been they awesome. tried to modernize it. Ooh, that would not go well. Um, I, I would, like... I don't, like, I'm looking, as as we are talking, at a, um, place near us, uh, that does musicals, um, because I would genuinely like to see, um, this on Broadway, or, like, you know, off-Broadway or something, um, to see how it's adapted, because, I mean, like, there are very, there's not a lot of I mean, the, more so in the original. There's not a lot of setting. There's just, like, three places that people are at. Yeah. The musical, they're going all over the place. Um, and since that's, you know, adaptation of this, I, I just want to see how they would do it, you know, live. Um, I mean, plus, you know, live theater, that's it's great. You can't really Live theater, oh. Dude, you get so much more emotion out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, also, one thing I really enjoyed in the original, which really made me, like, smile so much, is at the very end, when Nettie came back wearing the cuddle, color purple. Hmm. That made me so happy. I was like, oh my gosh. I wish that was in the musical, when she came back wearing the color purple. Um, how do you feel, because this is something I saw, like, brought up when I heard someone talk about the movie. More to the original. How do you feel about the redemptive arc of Mister? I think 
I don't know. It's very interesting because you can't really tell the motive. But I think it's good that he's trying to change. Yeah. But it's it's weird because I I'm conflicted with. Is it because he just wants to get out of the curse? Is it because he genuinely feels bad, or is he doing it because he feel like he has to to be um, redempted? I don't know. It's just the motives aren't clear, so I don't know how to feel. Um, with that, there is besides the um. Steven Spielberg directing controversy. Um, there's one other pretty sizable controversy with this movie, or the original, really. Um, that the way it depicted the kind of house and how it ran were that the men were just these awful, awful people. And, um, like, you know how that kind of people felt like it raised a really bad stereotype. Um so I, I, I think I think the the little bit of arc near the end was handled definitely better in the musical. Like there was more Oh yeah. Of it. You could see him doing what he was doing. Yeah. Like Danny Glover or and it's not his fault at all. But in the original <laughs> he just like he's just suddenly Good man. Or okay man. Not really. He kind of just, like, pays for Nettie to come to America, stands outside the shop, and then you never see him again. Yeah. That's it. But in the new one, he, like, has scenes where he's trying to make things right. Um, when he comes to the store, which I thought was a great scene. Um. I don't know. I just, I just wish... It, there was repercussions for him, but it just didn't feel like with the torment that he inflicted. Like, the, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I'm trying to think. So, I, I get in big near, I mean this time, but really just all the time, um, about trying to predict Oscars. You know, like, oh, what's going to uh-huh. get Best Picture? I am I am into Oscar mode right now. I'm, like, getting ready. Um, I have already talked to you about a big Oscars episode we were going to have a few months that I'm excited about. Um, it's like I'm thinking about this movie and what Oscars it can get. Um, the only one right now that I feel like is pretty safe... Um, is Daniel Brooks as Sophia for Supporting Actress. Oh, she was so good. When I tell you she really embodied Sophia so well. She was probably the highlight of that movie, I think. Um, I loved her. And then Taraji P. Henson has a chance for Suge, but I don't see it happening. And then there's Fantasia Barino. For um, who mm-hmm. played Seeley, and I also don't see that happening. Unfortunately, I mean it's only five nominations, so it's very, very slim, you know, window there. And I think there are already a few actresses who've kind of got at least a nomination locked. Um, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, um, Emma Stone for Poor Things. Like, do I think she deserves to be in the top five? Yeah. 
I think she's one of the best, like, lead performances from this year. Especially when it came down to her singing ability. Um, again. Oh, yeah. That, that one big song near the end was just... Was just fantastic. It's weird that they went with, like, a credit song for best song and not that one. Because that's more of this big number. Um, because most of the time... I don't know if it's all the time. It's all the time that I've watched the Oscars. They'll have the songs performed at the Oscars. Um, which makes it really exciting that something like I'm Just Ken will most likely be performed at the Oscars. But, like, imagine that song. That would play very well. Like, this big, like, mm -hmm. self... Um, what's the word? Like, the, op the opposite of self-deprecating. Um... Self-uplifting, I guess. Like, song. Um, would just be fantastic, but it's not on the uh, short list. So it literally has no chance of being nominated, which stinks. Um, because it was just absolutely fantastic. Like, that, I, I think I said the table scene was my favorite scene of the movie. No, it was that one. I, I take it back. It was absolutely that scene from the new one. Okay. One thing... I really wish they went into more because I was left just confused almost the entire time mm -hmm. during when this happened. Is Suge Avery and Celie's relationship. Yeah. It was just, they kiss, they literally make out, I and then she gets married, and they just kind of breeze over it. Yeah, I, I they it happens in both of them. And I think my, my read... To a point, is that she just the idea of her and the idea of someone kind of independent, um, and someone she's I guess jealous of, not like a malicious jealousy, but I don't know if it's as romantic as much, just because well they don't do anything with it. Either that is just forgetfulness or, like, romance was not the point. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And another thing that really confused me is the uh, sudden introduction of Squeak or Mary yeah. Agnes. Yeah. Like, just she just kind of... Non-existent. Non-existent character. She... That whole relationship between um, Sophia and Harpo, um, Harpo is uh, Mister's son, is like a weird on and off relationship that just like oh they're dating but then they broke up but then they're together again even though she had a boyfriend like I don't understand like she had like a husband or something at a point when they had a kid but then like he's gone in the movie I never understood that at all. Um, but, like, during the movie, when they're not together, Harpo gets, um, together with Squeak, played by, um, her, the singer, who I'm not entirely familiar with. Um, but in both of these movies, just not given a lot to, um, go off of. Um, not really given any character development, or arc, she's just there. You know? Yeah. It's very 
weird. I'm I'm really hoping that maybe they'll like in like live theater it is more fleshed out, but yeah. it's just such a, a random character to have. Um All right. So, do you have any other thoughts with these two? Um Um I think it is very great for its time and it held up really well in the present and it it doesn't depict colored people in any bad way it's more of a story and it doesn't feel forced and that's something i really enjoyed i i think there's um i can't remember who said this um but or like where it was from because i know i've heard it somewhere recent Oh, oh, um, there's a movie out in select theaters, and I don't want to spoil it too much, called American Fiction, um, starring Jeffrey Wright, and it is phenomenal, I highly recommend once it's, like, out really wide to see it, um, but there's, like, a point to be made where a bunch of movies and books and shows about... African American culture is about slavery, or it's about like drugs, or it's about like absent parents. It's about all these things, you know. And mm-hmm. I remember we saw that uh, the trailer for it while we were watching the Color Purple. It's such a good movie. I love American fiction so much. Highly recommend it. Um, when it again is out wider, it is one of the funniest movies of the year. But, um. I like lost my train of thought. And it's always interesting. Obviously there are you know beats in this movie that play off of slavery or plays off of like you know not cliches but kind of getting to that point but it's not really about like anything stereotypical. Um and I think that's what the best versions of these I think one pretty, I guess, recent movie. It was, like, eight years um, ago-ish, like, seven and a half, called Moonlight, which won Best Picture for the year 2016, so technically the 2017 Oscars. Uh, That is absolutely fantastic, and it doesn't really play into these kind of stereotypes. And I think that's what this movie does well, is because it is about, you know, African Americans, but it's not, like making it for a white audience I think no it's it's a good story yeah like it's a good story mm-hmm. first you know mm-hmm. it, I don't know there's just something about it that makes me so and the people who are in there hooping and hollering they were also um not of the Caucasian persuasion yeah and so it was really cool and I really liked st- watching it um I, I I mean, it did really, I think, second highest grossing film on Christmas Day of all time. Um, I don't think it's as profitable right now. I mean, Wonka right now is somehow still dominating at the box office. I wouldn't have seen that coming in a million years. But Wonka's doing mm-hmm. pretty well for itself. But, like, I think people have really enjoyed it in theaters. Um... I hope it plays. It'll probably play 
pretty well in streaming. That's where you can really see movies. Like, sometimes there are theater movies that break out in theaters, like Barbenheimer or Spider-Verse or, you know, something of that sort. But then sometimes there's these movies that when they hit streaming, that's when they find their footing. Um, recently, the movie Saltburn came to Prime Video. Oh, my gosh. That movie has been blowing up in everywhere. Um, a mutual friend of ours who will be on the podcast in the next few weeks saw it yesterday. Um, it's just... I never would expect it of all... Of all movies. When I tell you it's been all over my TikTok, and I've never even seen this movie. Yeah. And I just keep swiping, and it's just there. And of I'm like, all what movies is I expected to be big and talked about this year. That was not anywhere near them. Um, so hopefully when this is out, I'm not sh- I don't know what streaming's... I mean, probably Max. HBO Max, I think. I love Max. I mean, it's, War- it's Warner Brothers, so... Yeah. So hopefully when it's out there, probably around... February or March. Hopefully it plays well. Because, um, I mean, the musical is absolutely fantastic. I believe is the is the original streaming anywhere. Let me, let me check. Um, yes, it is. It's on... It is on Max. It's on Max. Yeah, it's on Max. Yeah. That's where me and my mom watched it. I watched it with my mom. <laughs> I watched it on, like, a Thursday morning. Um... Woo. Um, but I, I don't even know where I was going with that thought. Yeah. Um, de- I mean, Color Purple, still in theaters, and for the next few weeks, there's like nothing going on at theaters. It is, January is a very painful month for like, new movies. And I mean, it wasn't even that bad last year. I mean, we had Megan and Missing last year. That, that was great. And this year, this month... We got Mean Girls Musical and The Beekeeper. Oh, God. Um, maybe next episode, because I think I will have seen it by the recording of next episode, I will maybe include my thoughts on the Mean Girls Musical. Um, because I am seeing it. That's that's the end of that sentence. I'm seeing it. But January, oh, seeing- January is a very rough month for movies. So go see Color Purple. You know, it's great. Um, it's really good. Well, you know, first first episode of 2024 um, wrapped and just not spoiling anything, but we got some good episodes coming out. Um bunch of uh, guest hosts upcoming. Those are my favorite episodes to do. Um, I love having other people, so look out for them very soon. Um, and we will have some episodes akin to the Favorite movies of 2023, not like as many people, but like bigger, and like something similar to this, where it's not just one movie, and we kind of expand to more at one time. Um, But uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, go watch The Color Purple. Um, Yeah.